This episode is brought to you by Basecamp. When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do, people know where things are, and you stay on top of everything all the time. Oh, bonus! Go away, Dottore. Bonus! Bonus! I heard you're not feeling well. Oh, is that what you heard? Could it be because in the recent past you crushed me with a bookcase and then tricked me into eating my own glands? Hey, that bookcase thing happened off mic. Now open up. Come on. Let's talk it out. We're both grown adults. No. All right. Hunt Chamber. Lock override sequence. Gnarly. Echo. Bail. Lafardigan. Override accepted. Get out of here! Look, Balnas, I feel terrible about what happened. It was all a big mundusterstanding. And look, you're recovering at an alarming rate. I really should be dead. You're a survivor, kiddo. Mm, don't call me that. Sorry. Well, anyway, in the tradition of my ancestors, I brought you a reconcilatory shy latte. And I even made a little heart in the foam at the top. Oh, Dottore. It is kind of cute. Sugar-free. Just artificial sweetenizer. Better living through chemistry, right? <laughs> what? This sweetener, it's a little bit gritty. Is this the kind they use for baking? It's a very special recipe, Balnaz. One part stervia natural sweetener, four parts powdered wisdom tooth. <coughs> what? I stole them from you in the night and ground them up with a porter and nestle, and now you drank them. You have imbibed your own body. You are abomination, and to look upon you is to shrivel. Why would you do that? I do this in honor of our Patreon backers, Raphael Estrada and Cynthia Scott. May they receive glory in excelsis blastra podcast viviere in ignum eternum. I'm going to move out. I don't think she'll do it. I think she will. Well, if you'd like to be included in one of these hilarious intros, then support us. Learn more at patreon.com slash blastropodcast. Pretty good, right, Pod Chamber? Yeah, pretty good. Hooroo! Welcome, Squampions of Giants, to episode 44 of Blastro Podcast! This is an educational program where we learn about science while having just a little bit of fun. Just a little bit. I'm your spherical host, Dottore Bellordo, man of science. And on today's episode, we're going to learn the dangerous but often misunderstood phenomenon of radiation. Is it safe to leave around our children? Where did all these children come from? All this and more, but not much more, on today's episode, all about radiation. Music. Gentlemen, to Blastro Podcast, episode 44, all about pregnation. Uh, today's episode, we have a very special return guest and our dear friend, Keith and Keith. 
Hello, Dottore! Hello, Keith. Thank you for being back on show. Yeah, thanks for leaving me on Mars, Keith. That was a long time ago. Since Mars, you have returned to Earth uh, to spend time with Andy North and talk about friendship. Oh, was that me? Was that really me? I don't know. I didn't take a genetic sample of you. Or was that a replicant from Mars? <gasps> Are you serious? Keith, yeah. dis disgorge this tale. Well, let's just say that, uh, you know the, the movie The Martian? Yes. It may have been based on my life and my experiences after you left me on the freaking red planet. So made a replicant of you? Oh, yeah, they cut that part out of the... Okay, the, I was yeah. going to say, spoilers. It di didn't, didn't play very well. But you know what? You have returned to the pod chamber of your own volition. Yes, the pod chambre is looking quite nice. Thank you. We've had uh, some upgrades thanks to our Patreon backers. <laughs> we, we were able to scrape some dead roaches off of the wall and lay them mat-like upon the floor. Yeah, I was going to say that it feels comfortable. Does it feel like making love? talk about past grievances we're here to make future ones yes <laughs> so what have you even been doing since your appearances on blaster podcast episode 15 and 24 about mars and friendship respectively well uh after those uh two podcasts i decided to re-examine re my life I, I think that my experiences on your show really changed me for the better, and Ooh. I decided that uh, maybe it was time for me to get out of the nonprofit game and go into the for-profit sector as an electrical engineer. You're now an engineer. Yes, I am now an electrical engineer, uh, specifically working with nuclear power plants. Are nuclear-powered plants more expensive than like a regular plant that you might find in the garden section of your local home desk pot? Uh, a little bit, yes. Uh, they are uh, marginally more expensive. Keith, you work for engineer for nuclear power plant. Yes. That's an intense germ. A yes. lot of people are afraid of nuclear power plant. Well, they shouldn't be. Well, we're going to find out why on today's episode of Blaster Podcast. But first, let me ask you another thing. Yeah, okay. Which you've answered. <laughs> <laughs> you know what time it is? Time for learn? It's time for learn! Time for learn! There's no song. Yet. Maybe in season three. Ooh, Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> when we get through another 29-ish episodes and reach season three, maybe Time for Learn will have its own song. Do you yearn for a Time for Learn song? I do yearn for a Time for Learn song. How much would that cost, Dottore? <laughs> cost Dottore? I love that guy. He's really going to nipple and dime you, though. At least I get some pleasure out of it. Oh, do you find pleasure from dimes? Do you participate in the March of Dimes? <laughs> yes, uh, it is my favorite March. I like March the month. The month? Yeah. Keith, it's Time for Learn. What is radiation? Radiation is energetic waves or particles moving through space. Now, some of them are inherently harmful, and some of them are very, very, very important and helpful for human beings. Oh. Yeah, so, uh, so these sorts of, you know, these range from the light that we're able to see. Visible light is actually a form of radiation. Uh, so what? Yeah, so think about this, Dottori. You've got radiation detectors on your face right now. You mean yeah. other than the ones I've installed man welding? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, which, though, seamless, Thank seamlessly you. installed. Good. <laughs> I, I use Squareface. Squareface.com. Dot com. Uh, but yeah, so your eyes are actually radiation detectors. Thank you. Your yeah. eyes are radiation detectors, oh, too. Thanks. But wait a minute, Keith. Isn't radiation just scary green 
glows that come out of the monster? Um, no. Uh, if it was scary, green, and glowing, and if it actually if it is glowing, then yeah, there is radiation present. But I mean, it ranges again from you know all forms of light, electromagnetic radiation to uh, particles moving incredibly, incredibly fast. Um, basically, if you emit something, you've got radiation. I emit a lot. Can you smell my radiation? Yes, your butt fuel radiation is impressive. Thank you. Yes. We call them B-waves. Yeah. Uh, B-waves are one of the most deadly forms of radiation. I mean, don't look at me like that. You knew this. <laughs> you knew this, Tutorial. I knew it. I've been sitting on a gold mine of death. Yes, you have. Who needs a death ray when you can emit a B-wave right in the middle of the elevator? Yes, uh, or store up your B-waves in a cushion. Yeah, or send them to a friend. Yeah. Trade them at the schoolyard. Yeah, fart in a can. Send it to your friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send them to a friend. Yeah. So it sounds like radiation is a much larger uh, concept than uh, the unschooled scholar might have previously thought. Light itself is radiation. Yes. And so uh, we can think about it as, you know, uh, non-ionizing radiation and ionizing radiation. So ionizing radiation is the radiation that is harmful to humans. Uh, so that's the one we have to be careful about when we um, talk about radiation. So, you know, just to make things easy, we can just talk about radiation as though it is ionizing radiation for the rest of this episode. Two of question. Yep. Number one, what does ionizing mean? Number two, what type of radiation is harmful to monsters? So ionizing is a process by which an atom gains or loses electric charge by gaining or losing electrons. So essentially what you're doing is you're kicking off electrons from, uh, from an atom. So you've got an atom. It's a nice stable atom with you know beautiful number of electrons. You come in with some jerk radiation that's ionizing, and it's going to kick off uh, one of those electrons, which means that that atom or molecule now wants to bind to another atom or molecule. So... In the case of DNA, what comes, what happens is this uh, particle comes through, this wave or particle comes through, it hits your DNA, knocks a big old chunk out of it, and Ooh. damages your DNA. And now when your DNA replicates, you've got a damaged blueprint, and that can lead to problems. Right. It's like the factory is printing out cars that have three wheels instead of four. And that's what the factory uh, goblin is telling the machines to do. That's how factory work. Yeah. Well, uh, I, except... I in Buckminster Fuller's factory, he'd be printing out three-wheeled cars. If he printed out a four-wheeled car, he'd be doing it wrong. I don't like Buckminster Fuller. Well, of course you wouldn't. No, I think he's a charlatan. Yeah, and of course you would. I, I would. Yeah, you I... live in a sphere, not a dome. That's right. I don't live in a dome. A dome is the sphere that didn't apply itself in life. Yeah, only went halfway. Yeah. And dropped out. Now in death, it is condemned to walk the earth, domed for all eternity. Yeah. Keith! Yes. Let's talk about radiation. Okay. You mentioned it's waves or particles moving through Spache. Yes. Right? Yep. Let us talk about the other forms of radiation. Okay. Well, some other forms of radiation that uh, your listeners are going to have some intimate experience with is... Uh, oh! It's <laughs> infrared radiation. Uh, so that is what you feel is heat. So if you've got like a hot stove, you put your hand up and you can feel that it is hot. Uh, a lot of that is, well, it's two things. One, it's hot air moving away and you're pressing against your skin, but it's also the actual uh, infrared light. Also, your TV works with infrared light. My TV? Yeah, if you have to point a remote at the TV to make it work, it's infrared. Whoa! Yes, and we just can't see it because it's 
it's too red to see. What like like the plague of communism. Yeah. Uh, then we've also got microwaves. Uh, microwaves are small little teeny waves. We use them primarily to heat up our food. Um, so essentially, we just jam a bunch of radiation into a chamber and try to heat up the molecules. Um, but I do want to make sure that your listeners realize that even though being in a microwave would absolutely kill us, it is not from ionization factor so much as heating us. It would cook us. Hmm. Uh, so it just adds energy to our, our body and then heats us up. So getting crooked is different than being ionized. Correct. Uh, it's uh, the end of summer, Keith. And as we know, all our revels have ended, and soon the hoary frost of fall will be upon us. We must live while we still can, Ra. Yeah. Care Bear Snare! Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's what I set out in the woods, to catch him. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. They're like Sacamon. I put out Care Bear Snares, and then I pick up different living organisms that get caught in my snares. Uh, which ones have you caught? Drifter. Drifter, okay. Boot, one of my favorites, Sacramon. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cop. <laughs> where where are you keeping your Sacramons? In a sack. Of course, my Wait, sack where, is sack. Where is your sack? My sack is, it's in the back with all my other Sacramon training gear. My Sacadex. Can we just be done with this episode? Can I go look at your Sacramons? Yeah. Okay. End of play. <laughs> End of act one. Other than a microlabe, what other kind of unexpected radiation do we find in our everyday lives? Uh, well, most people now are going to have something in their pockets that is emitting radio waves, a little cell phone in there that's emitting uh, Wi-Fi signals, 3G signals, 4G signals, LTE. So Wi-Fi are radio waves? Yes. Wow. Yeah, so there is radiation there. Uh, and this radiation uh, really doesn't interact with our bodies all that much, and it's very low energy and very... Pretty much harmless. Don't worry about it. All right. Yeah. We've talked about daily radiations that we use around the house like a common house elf. Yes. But what are some more exotical radiations? Well, uh, we've got x-rays. X-ray. 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 Which are high energy, small wavelength light rays, essentially. And they can penetrate our skin um, and come out the other side, but they tend to get absorbed by things like bone. So essentially, it's like uh, shining a flashlight through your body and getting a picture of different types of tissue based on uh, how it gets absorbed. Hmm. So you basically you put a X-ray sensitive piece of material behind you, blast yourself with some X-rays, and then you get to see parts of the inside of your body. X-rays. Yes. We use them every day for our tooth activities. Yes. And bone visualization exercises. Yes. What's another type of more exotic radiation that we might not have in our pocket? Uh, gamma radiation. Gamma. Gamma radiation is uh, more energetic than X-rays, smaller wavelengths than X-rays, and very rare um, to, for us to be encountering them in the, our daily lives. Would you say it's legendary class? Legendary class, yes. S rank. Nice. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a uh, pretty pretty uh, dangerous radiation. It's lots and lots of high energy. Um, you get that from a lot of radioactive materials here on Earth, but also uh, stars that sometimes go supernova, they emit like beams, like concentrated beams of gamma radiation. Ooh. So that would be very dangerous if you were a planet in the path of one of those beams. 
Because it's an ionizing radiation? It is very highly ionizing radiation, It'll yes. bust your electrons out of the club? Yeah, it'll pretty much bust the planet out of the club if we got hit with one of those. Oh. Like, it would be, yeah, no warning. We would just be, we'd be sitting here recording in a podcast, and the next thing you know, we'd all be gone in a wave of cosmic annihilation. Wow. Dark thoughts. Yeah, but it's like a space-based uh, Death Star weapon. But it's a naturally occurring weapon. It's naturally occurring and like totally love? random. And, and given the size of space, it would be literally astronomical uh, for us to be hit with anything like that. Yeah, neutrinos are another type of radiation. And to those kids on the Ninja Turtles cartoon. Yes. Uh, so uh, neutrinos are actually an interesting form of radiation. They don't really interact with matter very much at all. Uh, so they're very hard to detect. Uh, we are constantly bathed with neutrino radiation. Uh, right now, neutrinos are shooting through our bodies, uh, emitted by nuclear reactions in the sun. Are they a longer form than long form radiation? Uh, they are actually a particle. Particle. Uh, yeah. I guess we can we can get into this real quick. Let's get into the particulars. <laughs> Great. So I don't, particle radiation. Whoa. So I don't know if you know this, Dottori, but you can actually be described as a wave. I know this, Dottori. Yeah, that's a Tory. I'm a wave? Yes. So when we talk about the wave-particle duality of light, you know, as everyone often does, uh-huh. what we actually mean is that uh, you can model the behavior of light in either a wave or a particle. But that actually scales up. You could theoretically say, Detori, you are a wave. This is your momentum. And so here, I'm going to define you as a wave. It's just not practical once you get to large macro scales like we are. Because your wavelength would be so infinitesimally small. Hey, fuck you. Yeah. So there are, however, uh, things that we can talk about that are very classically defined as mass-having objects. Alpha particles. Uh, Catholics. Yes. Catholic alpha particles. They Uh, are the alpha and the omega. Alpha particles are a helium nucleus. So normally you've got a nucleus. It's got protons and neutrons in it. And uh, they're going to be orbited by uh, electrons, and that is an atom. An alpha particle is basically just a helium nucleus with no electrons. And it is ejected by a nuclear reaction of some sort Mm -hmm. and goes flinging off into space, ionizing everything it touches because it is hungry for uh, electrons. It's trying to rip off the electrons from everything it's passing by. So it ionizes a whole bunch of crap. Uh, It is like the opposite of a neutrino. If it travels through the air a couple of centimeters, it's going to be eating up uh, the air and ionizing the air, and then it's happy and satisfied that it's got its electrons and it goes on its merry way. So uh, an alpha particle can actually be blocked and absorbed by a sheet of paper. Whoa. Yeah. So whenever you see in movies or on TV, you see like nuclear radiation workers and they're walking around and they got like these like thin paper suits on, those are really just protecting them from alpha particles. Uh, beta particles are either going to be an electron, which is a much, much smaller uh, subatomic particle with a negative charge, or a positron, oh. uh, which is an anti-electron. So it's an electron with a positive charge, um, which don't exist for very long. I was going to say seems impossible. Yeah, because then it uh, it will completely annihilate when it touches uh, regular matter. Oh. Yeah, so it, it goes through complete matter annihilation once it comes into contact with the rest of the universe. That's pretty metal. Yeah, so they uh, will penetrate a little bit deeper into matter. They give you the extra inch. Yeah, 
Um, but so to think about like radiation and its harmful effects for you, uh, gamma rays will go straight through you like a like a laser beam, right? Just sort of they go right shot through, through you. the heart, shot through the heart. They just go right through you. It's pretty much impossible to shield yourself from gamma rays. So you can do uh, a couple of inches of lead plate, and still gamma rays will leak through. So there's, uh, yeah. So you can't really perfectly protect yourself from gamma rays. You can't stop the bum rush. Can't stop the bum rush. But with the other two, with the electrons, the beta ray emissions, and the alpha ray emissions, you can protect yourself. That's good. Yes. So, like, for instance, plutonium. Are you familiar with plutonium? Of course. Plutonium and I go way back. Yeah. So there's an isotope uh, of plutonium, which I guess we should define what an isotope is. Mm -hmm. Isotopes are just uh, different atomic nuclei of the same matter. Carbon has six protons and that is what defines carbon but a different isotope will have different numbers of neutrons in the nucleus so carbon 12 has six protons six neutrons uh, carbon 13 six protons seven neutrons carbon 14 six protons eight neutrons and do the neutrons do anything nah they just hang out They're they like just hang out yeah uh, but essentially, garnish pretty much. Yeah, they just sort of well, and they are required to have a nucleus. You can't have just like a. I mean, a, a proton existing by itself is just a proton. It's not a. <laughs> That's it's, ridiculous. It's, it's it's not an atom. <laughs> uh, but so they they, you know, you're talking about the strong and weak nuclear forces at that point, and it gets really quantumy at that level about how things actually stick together, mm -hmm. because. Uh, the whole the whole thing with radiation is all related to this thing called binding energy inside an atom. And in the darkness bind them? And in the darkness bind them, yes. So when a proton and a neutron, when they meet each other, they fall in love and they join together, the mass of the resultant nucleus is less than the mass of the two particles alone. Whoa. Yeah. Just like man and wife. Yes. Or man and man. Yeah, you get married and then... You're, you're way less than you did before. Uh, I find that's often not the case. Well, yeah. No, then afterwards you get a bunch of electrons and get fat. When you're preparing for marriage, your wedding day, you probably weigh less. Yeah, exactly. So on the marriage day, everyone's at their like fighting weight. And then... And then? And then you retire. Let it go. <laughs> yep. So that binding energy is the lost mass, which is released or uh, as energy. So you just you know you turn you're turning mass directly into energy e equals mc squared huh. at its core so that's uh that's how we get energy out of fusion reactions oh yeah. now let's get into this yes we've been talking about radiation yes and that ha how it is can be scary yes but radiation can also be good for men and women very good for men and women and children which yes. are neither man nor woman yes what can uh, fusion do what is fusion Fusion is when you take two smaller uh, atoms and you fuse them together. Hadouken! Making, exactly. You Hadouken them together. The force of your Hadouken causes them to merge, and they release some energy and as a result of that. So that works all the way up to iron. So you can fuse elements together all the way up to iron. I never confuse elements. I have the pyramidic table mesmerized. That's great. That's Thank wonderful. Uh, what is the atomic number of lead? Eight six seven five three zero nine. Of course. Very good. Thank it's you. Eighty-two. That was a great year. Yeah, nineteen eighty-two. Mm -hmm. Great year. Fusion. Yes. You mush two atoms together. Yes. And they become a new thing, right? Yes. Yeah, so they become a new. Uh, so 
If you were to take two hydrogen atoms and mash them together, they would become helium. Uh, you can take uh, and just keep doing that until you get up to iron. And then at iron? And then at iron, when you fuse elements together, they are no longer releasing energy. You have to be adding energy in order to deal with that. That's a level cap. Yep. So basically, once you hit nickel and iron, that is the, the end of the Rhone. For Rhone. The De horse? The, yeah, the stellar fusion. So like our sun is doing this right now. You have a son? Yeah, and he's putting blocks together. It's great. Nice. Yeah. But so after that, every element above nickel and iron is formed by supernovas. Oh! Uh, which... Champagne supernovas? Yes. Someday you will find me. Cop beneath the landslide in a champagne supernova in the sky. Yes. Okay. I told Beautiful. you I memorized this periodic table. Beautiful. You're beautiful. Thank you. That's true. Up until iron, we can fuse things together and get net energy out of that reaction. After that, the only way to get energy out of it is through radioactive decay or radioactive fission. That's where oh. we take an atom and we split it into smaller atoms. Yeah. yeah. Which is fission is what we do here on human planet. Yes. So we currently have hundreds of fission reactors around the planet producing energy and electricity right now. I like fission chips. Yeah. Fission is when we take an atom and we break it apart. Yes. Into its constituent elements. And when you break it apart, energy is released. Correct. Much like the atomic bomb. Yes. And in fact, the atomic bomb works very much in that that way. You're taking uh, an atom and you, you hit or you take a mass of radioactive isotopes. What you do is you get a critical mass of them together and then you provide some energy to it. One of those atoms splits, Woo. which causes it to shoot off its little extra particles and neutrons and things. Those then smash and collide with the adjacent radioactive isotopes and cause them to explode and do their shooting out of neutrons, which causes the next one to be hit by neutrons to cause it to split, and so on and so forth. Creating a terrifying shame reaction. Yes. And in fact, uh, some of our most terrifying weapons were actually fission, fusion, fission weapons. Oh. An initial fission reaction caused a fusion reaction, which then uh, continued into a fission reaction post the fission reaction. That's impressive. Yeah. So we did some really impressive things all in the attempt to blow things up. Human dumb. Human dumb, indeed. Uh, but yeah, so we use in uh, in the United States, we use radioactive uranium, um, which decays into a whole bunch of things. Um, but every element above lead, uh, element 82, is unstable. So every single element that exists out there that is above 82 will eventually radioactively decay into an element that is below 82. Hmm. Um, so eventually all uranium in the universe, if no more uranium is made, will eventually decay into lead. It's like alchemy. Indeed it is. Oh. Yes. I'm just a girl that can't say no. Keith, how do we measure radiation? So we measure it in two different SI units. Uh, the first of which is the gray. Uh, the gray. Yeah, so With Liam Neeson. Yes. Yeah. Nissan. Yep. You watch the movie and that's how you know how much radiation you have. How far can you get in the movie The Grey tells you how much radiation you, you've been exposed to. It's a brutal movie. Yeah. Uh, but so a grey is just a uh, one joule per kilogram. So that is one grey means you have whatever this is has absorbed one joule of energy. What is a joule? A joule is a Newton meter. I ate a meter of Newtons once. Yeah, it's just a measurement of force. It's related to calories, blah, 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 blah. A joule is the force. Is the force. Is the force. And then a gray 
is just a measurement of how much uh, radiation a, a piece of mass has picked up in joules. Okay. So it's just a measurement of energy and force and yada, yada, yada. How much energy in that thing? Uh, yeah, yes. So a sievert is, it's really weird. It's a gray times like a multiplier to indicate how bad this is for humans. Is this some D&D bullshit? Yes. Uh, you roll a die, mm-hmm. and that determines how bad the radiation was. And if you're a human, there's a certain number you add on there. Yes. And if you're an orc, uh, you add a different number. But essentially, you scale the amount of radiation you've received by the type of radiation it was and the tissue that was affected. Alpha particles are by far the worst to be exposed to as a human being, um, except for the fact that, again, you wear a paper suit and you're fine. Uh, so something like plutonium-238, which is... My favorite punk band. You can actually hold a chunk of plutonium-238 in your hand if you're wearing gloves. Whoa. And it doesn't hurt you. However, if it gets particulate uh, matter and you touch it and then you lick your fingers off after you touch the plutonium and it mm-hmm. gets into your body and you eat it and you ingest it, that's when you got problems because then it's going to radioactively decay in your body and the alpha uh, particles are going to mess you up. Oh, yeah, so, messed up from the chest up. Yep. So if you inhaled plutonium-238 dust, you'd, you're done. You're done. So uh, so alpha radiation is really bad. Then you've got just straight up protons. Sometimes protons just get released as a decay product and they just shoot out. Those are worse. Um, but then you get down into beta radiation, so electrons. Um, and those are not great. Um, but weirdly, gamma radiation is the um, like the least impactful on biological material. So oh. it's a high energy wave, but it, because its frequency is so small, it really doesn't interact with matter all that much. So if you're exposed to gamma radiation, if you get you know the the particles of your body that get hit by gamma radiations are going to be pretty much effed up. Uh, but it doesn't interact all that much with our body, so it goes usually goes like straight through a human. Huh. Um, so gamma radiation is bad and harmful and dangerous and high energy and you can't block it. Whereas alpha particles are like super dangerous, but they're very easy to block. So, uh, sievert is just really a measurement of how dangerous and how much of an exposure you've got. My body's in calculating. All right. So just to give you a few examples of, uh, the radiation measured in sieverts. Uh, if you sleep next to somebody, you're going to be <laughs> that is going to add 0.05 microsieverts to your body. Just by being next to another human? Yep, because we have all sorts of radioactive elements inside of us. So we're constantly emitting all sorts of radioactive decay products. They're just real small trace level things. Whoa. Yeah. So we're all radioactive, just lightly radioactive. Hmm. Uh eating a banana. Uh-huh. Gives you 0.1 microsieverts. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's radioactive potassium you're eating. That's a good thing I don't eat a lot of fruit. Yeah, it's very, very, uh, very good. Now, sitting in front of an old school CRT monitor. Mm-hmm. Cathode uh, ray tube. Cathode ray tube monitor, one microsievert. <gasps> so uh, that's for uh, dose over one year. That's Spanish for two over yep. one year. And then the... <laughs> very good. Thank you. Uh, the background radiation that we're all exposed to all over the place is about 10 microsieverts. Ah! That's just, you know, every day you're just exposed to 10 microsieverts. Not a big deal. We deal with that. However, if you are on a plane, multiply that by four. What? Yeah. So if you're on a plane from New York to LA, 
40 microsieverts. Ah, and then all the snakes on that plane are giving off microsieverts. Yeah, and then they get radioactive, and then they bite you with radioactive venom. And then it becomes Snake Man. Snake Man. I'm known throughout the land for it. Uh, If you are a regular human being, you are allowed to get uh, exposed to 1,000 microsieverts, one uh, millisievert. Like on a cheat day? Like on a cheat day. Yeah, that is the yearly limit. Okay, so 1,000. Okay. If you work in a nuclear power plant, which I do not, I, I work in an office building. I do not either. Okay. We're both safe. Uh, the But if you, uh, listening at home, work in a nuclear power plant, email us and let me know. Yeah, and hopefully you haven't exceeded this as your yearly dose. The, uh, the maximum federally mandated exposure you can receive is 50 millisieverts, which is 50 times the normal dose Oof. that's does the... my podcast give off any of them oh you better believe it what yeah this this uh butternut squash yeah uh you got you've got a phone it's got metal in it some of that metal is going to be radioactive it's going to give off some stuff you got earbuds in them them ears there's going to be some radioactive stuff in there you hear that everybody so use the jawbone system of headphonic t- telecommunication <laughs> to beam the vibrations of my voice straight into your skull bones so this episode brought to you by Jobloan.com. <laughs> uh, so again, normal dose limit. Normal dose you're gonna get is one millisievert. The you got to get to a hundred millisieverts in a one year dosage for you to have like a provable increase in cancer risk. Oh, all right. So that's, that's that's the thing that we didn't mention. Radiation give you cancer. Yeah, by damaging your DNA, it can eventually cause could cause cancer, but it's all probabilistic, right? It's all random at that point. Could it turn you into a super mutant? Uh, anything's possible. <laughs> but it's unlikely. Unlikely. More, more than likely, it's just going to cause uncontrolled cellular division that eventually eats your body. Ugh. Yeah. So, and this is where things are going to get uh, tricky, right? So at 100 millisieverts, your, your chance of getting cancer goes up if you get that over one year. If you get it over your lifetime, I mean, it is cumulative, but... You know, your body's pretty resilient, right? So it's going to repair itself, and those cells that were damaged will probably die, and don't worry about it. At 400 millisieverts, if you get this in a short time, this is when radiation sickness comes into play. Yes. And radiation sickness is an acute problem. So essentially, if you get exposed to a blast of radiation, it's going to do all sorts of bad stuff to your body. Essentially, at that point, the radiation is literally killing the cells inside of your body. Now, Dottori, I know you've recently recovered from radiation sickness. Uh, do you want to describe what happened to you? Radiation sickness! Of course. I felt weak. Yep, that's going to happen. I, I felt weak, Keith. Yes. Oh, so weak. Yeah. Uh, I, I had some hair loss. Yeah, some of your hair is going to fall out as the, uh, the radiation kills your epithelial cells. And, and oh, Keith, the nausea. Yeah, uh, you're going to get all sorts of messed up from the, the best up. I felt nauseous. And uh, these symptoms persisted for like one to two days, but then they started to go away. Oh, and that was a cruel trick indeed. Yep. Because I thought I was getting better. Yeah, and you probably weren't. I wasn't. No, you probably, the symptoms came back and you probably almost died. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, there are treatments available for radiation sickness, but they're not great. Uh, A lot of. I had to suck down a lot of iodine. Yeah, so a lot of what it is is you're trying to just flush the system, get the radioactive contaminants out of your body, and hydrate the F out of yourself. Because um, one of the biggest problems you have is water loss. Uh, like, it's like nuclear diarrhea. 
That was the name of my punk band. My punk band is punkier than your punk band. All right. This isn't about who's punkier. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's bad. So you were probably then exposed to, you know, somewhere in 400 millisieverts to... It felt like 400 yeah. millisieverts. Now, once you get up into 2,000 millisieverts... Oh, boy. Uh, or two sieverts, you are... Like, you're probably going to die. Yeah. Uh, but treatment might be able to still save you at this point, but probably not likely. At four sieverts, you're dead. Very slim chance of survival, even with treatment. At eight sieverts, you're dead. No no chance of survival. So no take backs. No take backs. No control Z. Now, so that's the thing, though, is if you ingested plutonium... Plutonium. Plutonium. I thought it was a glow snick, honestly. I mean, you know, it can trick you. Simple mistake. It can trick you. Yeah. Uh, so the the damage, the, the sievert dosage is going to be uh, 20 times worse per gray of energy that's actually emitted by that plutonium than if it was any other type of radiation. Pretty Whoa. Much. Pretty, I mean, than if it was like gamma rays. So you'd have to be t- exposed to 20 times the radiation of gamma radiation in order for you to be as messed up. From the chest up. From the chest up. How could radiation even be good for man? Like all technology, Dottore. Technology, Dottore? Yeah. We banished him to the year 2017. Oh, that was probably a mistake. <laughs> you, you, I don't think it'll come back to visit us anytime soon. You banish technology to Torre to a year that will probably have more technology? Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, maybe he likes it. Yeah, maybe he's thankful. Actually, you know, if I was technology to Torre, I'd probably want to go to the advanced future. Anyway. Yeah, I don't need to deal with him. Yeah. He does machines. So... As with any technology, it's not inherently good or bad. It's how we use it, right? So the most widely understood use of uh, nuclear reactions is going to be atomic weapons because that was the first way we ever really used them as a species. And pretty traumatic and pretty awful. uh, And that's pretty gnarly. So uh, rather than focusing on the negative, let's focus on the positive ways that we use radiation to help us out. Yes. So number one, power. Right, that is my wheelhouse. We generate electric power using radioactive materials. So we essentially we take a whole big bunch of uh, uranium or plutonium, or you could use thorium as well. You Ooh. throw it in a, a reactor vessel and you bombard it with a couple of neutrons and start a chain reaction going. That chain reaction generates heat. We heat up water, uh, and then the water turns electric turbines. Uh, so essentially, it is the same process that we generate coal by, except we're just heating up water with nuclear power. Are electric turbines what electric seeks like to wear? Yes, very much so. Of they're course. they're very they're very brightly colored as well. I say turbine. Turbine, turbine. Is it? Potatoes, potatoes. Is this like it's a sabotage regional. situation? Sabotage. I say sabotage. That's how I say it. Yeah. So I mean, whatever you want to do. Yeah. You, you do you. You know, I, very few people have corrected my pronunciation on things. I don't. Well, you've got excellent uh, elocution. Thank you. Yes. Very, I, very I'm a man of learning. Yeah, I can tell. Your outfit speaks very highly of your educated status. Never take off these scholarly robras. I can tell that, too. Unless I'm pulling a bed trick. What's a bed trick? Here's the fun thing is the amount of uranium that you... The average, well, I guess you're more than average. Thank you. Uh, but that the average person needs in order to generate all of the electricity that they will need in their life, mm-hmm. about the size of an egg. What? Yeah. So that's the amount of uranium that it takes to provide 
the electrical power consumption for the average American citizen. For their whole life? For their whole life. Wow. Yeah. Where do we find these uranium hens? Um, well, uh, we find them in mines. Radioactive hen. Yeah, so we use it for electrical power. Um, and my job is actually designing systems to prevent meltdowns. So in the event that something happens uh, that causes the plant to lose power, uh, emergency systems need to keep on, uh, kick on to continue w moving water past the reaction to keep it cool. Because essentially what would happen is if you stop the reaction entirely, it's still really hot and will continue to get hotter. Um, so you just need to cool it down at that point. So once you've got it cooled, you've got the uh, things in there to absorb extra neutrons, you're golden. So uh, it's all about designing electrical and mechanical systems to uh, survive the worst that nature and humans can throw at it. So it's actually, it's very robust uh, equipment. Lots and lots and lots of requirements and regulations from the government. And it's all very, very, very complicated and uh, rewarding work. Well, I'm glad that it's complex. Yes. Because were it not, I would be afraid. Yes. Uh, but so, for instance, Chernobyl, uh, the reaction, the reactor in Chernobyl that blew up, yeah. did not have what is known as a containment structure. So if you see a, a, a modern nuclear reactor, and actually any nuclear reactor except for those that were built in Russia at that time, they've all got this containment structure around them that will prevent the release of radioactive materials, mm -hmm. in the, even in the event of a meltdown. Uh these things are built to withstand planes crashing into them. I mean, Whoa. they are insanely, insane structures. They're awesome. Um, so, uh, it's like a Snortress. Yeah. Team Snortress. Team Snortress. Yeah. Well, so, I know when the apocalypse happens where I'm going to hide. Well, inside there is going to be radioactive nightmare. So oh. you may not want to go in there. Boy, it's a real catch 22. Yeah. Outside of it, you'd probably be okay. Inside of it, you're, you're in uh, hot rocks. Hot rocks fever. Hot rocks fever. So that's one of the ways we use it. Another way we use uh, radiation, ionizing radiation in a helpful way is cancer therapy. So radiation both giveth and taketh away. Hair of the dog that bitcha. Yes. So uh, this is where you know doctors and medical professionals will basically blast your cancer with a beam of highly ionizing radiation to induce essentially localized radiation sickness. It, huh. uh, it just It's a very tightly controlled beam of ionizing radiation that kills the cells. I know that Fermilab in Illinois, they actually uh, use their particle accelerator to do proton therapy, which is using uh, energized accelerated protons to blast out the cancer. Hmm. So they would, in, they would lower people into the particle accelerator beam and blast out the cancer and then take them out. That's very sci-fi. Yeah. It's uh, also probably one of the coolest places to go to get, like, laid. <laughs> um, so that's one way we use ionizing radiation. Also, a lot of our food gets radiated. What? Yeah. Because uh, a lot of the long-term effects of uh, radiation exposure is increased cancer risk. But if the meat's dead, no cancer. Hopefully it's not dividing. Interesting. So we, is that how we make popcorn shrimp? <laughs> no, we, is that how we make jumbo shrimp? It's probably how we make jumbo shrimp. No, mm -hmm. actually, jumbo shrimp are probably what the normal size of a shrimp is supposed to be. And then we popcorn them. Yeah, we with we, we kill we kill their young. Oh, with fission. Oh, and then drop them in deep fryers and eat them. Yeah, consume. Anyway, <laughs> any so, other ways that human can use radiation for plus and not negative? Yeah, uh, carbon dating. So essentially, carbon has a half life. Uh, it's not very long. Um, but we can, we can measure back to about 60,000 years using carbon. Um, 
because carbon-14 is generated continuously in our upper atmosphere by interaction with cosmic background radiation. Ooh. Yes, so essentially these uh, particles come flying in from who knows where. They crash into a, a nitrogen atom, and they turn it into an isotope of carbon, carbon-14. Um, and then plants absorb that. Then humans come along. We eat the plants. Uh, other animals come along. They eat the plants. So we constantly are replenishing the carbon-14 in our body. When we die, we stop doing that. And so then it'll start to decay away. And so how much of that has decayed away tells us how old something is. Intriguing. Yes. A little Benedict Cumberbunch. Yes. He's Snurlock. Yeah, Snurlock Holmes is uh, looking at how radioactive your body is to determine how old you are. I knew it. Yep. Because sometimes I wake up and there's a core sample removed from my side flank. Oh, here, there's another good one. Uh, radiothermal generators. Quarg? Yeah, radiothermal generators. They are powered by plutonium-238. Again, because they do the alpha decay thing and not the more harmful beta decay and uh, gamma ray emissions. They're pretty safe to handle because the alpha rays or the alpha particles don't actually get outside of the box. Wrap but, them in some paper. But they heat up the water. They heat up the water. Hot rocks. Hot rocks. There's one thing you need to know about nuclear power and our use of uh, of plutonium and uranium. It's hot rocks. Hmm. We just use them to get hot. Keith, thank you very much for teaching us so much about the radiation. But you know another force that is mysterious and never decays. What? It is the force of time, my friend. Do you know mm -hmm. what time it is? No, I don't. It's time for plugs! It's time for plugs! It's time for plugs, not drugs, but plugs! Give me a hug! Don't. I'll do it myself. Kate! Yes? Do you have anything you'd like to plug to the internet? Yes. I have been producing a podcast uh, for the past couple of months. Yes, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Whoa. Dottore is very excited. Uh, and actually, Dottore's idiot roommate, Mark, has appeared on a couple of episodes. Yeah, that guy. Uh, but it is Posthumous Pals. It is a podcast uh the topic of which is discussing dead people mm, and dark. The, the interesting things about them and whether or not, if they were alive today, we would like to be their friend. Where can we find the Posthumous Pals podcast? You can find it at posthumouspals.tumblr.com or on Facebook at Posthumous Pals or Twitter at Posthumous Pals. Awesome. Well, Posthumous Pals is a podcast. You know what else is? <laughs> Astro Podcast! If you haven't already, rate and review us on Twitter. Wait... <laughs> I don't give a shit about what happens. If you haven't already, <laughs> please rate and review Blaster Podcast on iTunes and give us all those shiny stars. And in addition, Blaster Podcast has a Patreon site. Check it out at patreon.com slash blasterpodcast and see some of the cool supplemental content that you might be able to access if you join our Legion of the Damned. <laughs> As usual, if you have a question for me or a comment about the quality of Blaster Podcast, find me on Twitter. Go at... fuck yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Inner Critic. Uh, find me on Twitter at AskDetore. Keith, this concludes our daily revels. Thank you for once again being a guest on Blaster Podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I really appreciate it. I enjoy our time together, Detore. When am I going to see you next? When the hurly-burly's done, when the battle's lost and won, there upon the heath, there shall I see Keith. That's from Macbeth, the coloring book. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, Keith. Thank you for having me, Vittori. It was great. My name is Vittori. Vittori? <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.
The Blaster Podcast theme song was composed by Stephen Poon, www.timecrashband.com. Blaster Podcast is a member of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. If you enjoy Blaster Podcast, you might enjoy the Koch Brothers Mystery Show. Join boy detectives, the Koch Brothers, as they use their billions of dollars in shadowy government influence to solve the country's most harrowing crimes. Crimes they most certainly didn't commit. And when you're all done listening to the Koch Brothers, check out these independent podcasts whose hosts were super cool to me. The People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos, and We Still Like You. Solid shows, solid bros.